We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast, the go-to place for personal and spiritual development because around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high-performance coach and breathwork facilitator, and each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as we pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm so glad you're here, as always, and I just hope you're doing so well. And if you're not, this episode is going to encourage you. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you're just hopeless, you're not experiencing the change or the results that you want, you feel like you've been working on yourself for a while, but nothing is is seeming like it's shifting, then you don't want to miss this episode. I have friend, mentor, and breathwork uh, coach and trainer, Samantha Skelly here, who is actually the woman who helped me become the facilitator I am today. And we have an incredible conversation about the power of using your breath for true transformation, to connect with the truth of who you are, to open your heart, to dissolve the the barriers and the self-protective mechanisms that are keeping you isolated, shut down, afraid, and walking around in life uh, fearful, breathwork is the the single-handed, most powerful uh, tool that you have. And we really break that down in this interview. So I'm so excited. And as you will hear at the end of this show, Sam and I have partnered to bring to you a, a really beautiful breathwork experience on... October 25th, Sam and I are going to be bringing a masterclass, a pause experience to really kind of show you guys what is available to you when you get connected to your breath and how you can use that power to transform yourself and the world. If you are a coach, mentor, uh, teacher, therapist, uh, 
practitioner of any kind who's really your mission is out to help people in any capacity, then this is something you do not want to miss. We're going to talk about it more at the end of the episode. But again, that webinar masterclass that I'm doing with Sam is going to be October 25th. So make sure you go to the show notes to register for free. Before we get into the episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Camuso Design. You've probably heard me talk about them if you've been coming for a while, and it's because I love that them. Um, specifically, we're talking about breathwork on this show, so I can't not talk about Camuso. Their shift necklace has truly helped me to make breathwork part of my every single day, and it's beautiful. Their chain necklaces allow you to exhale through the necklace and really get that eight to 10 second exhale and release to help you move out of the sympathetic nervous system into the rest relaxation response and you can feel it instantly. If you want to grab one of their beautiful uh, necklaces, I have the rose gold one. We can twin. All you have to do is go to camuso.com and use the code JustBreatheTory10 for 15% off your order today. The link to that will also be in the show notes. So before I say anything else, we can't waste any more time. Let's get into this episode. What's up? We have Sam Skelly in the house. I'm so excited for this conversation um, because you have made a really important impact on my life and my journey, but ultimately I can't wait to just talk to you, the queen of breathwork, in my opinion, about why it's so transformational and all of the things when it comes to how do we get started? Why do we use it? What are the benefits? Like, I just want to dive into this. And um, because I know that you would agree with me that you and I are both on a mission to reduce unnecessary suffering in the world. And that's what this show is about. That's what the work I'm doing is about. And ultimately, that's what you're doing through Pause Breathwork and Hungry for Happiness and all of the projects that you work on. So just thank you for being here. Thank you for the work that you do and and your commitment to, to healing yourself ultimately and then teaching us how to do the same and for bringing your wisdom to this, this show. Tori, it's so good to be here. It's so cool to have witnessed you go through the program and everything that you brought and your your curious heart and your determination and your resilience and your vision and everything. And now seeing you fully out there doing the work in the world, running retreats, serving people in such a big way. I, I feel so grateful for you and I'm so honored to have this conversation. <sighs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's so crazy to think... Um, that just a year ago, if not a little bit over that, I was just starting to get into a seven month journey of figuring out how do I go from being the client to to serving the client and stepping into that facilitator role. But before we get into all of that, I really just want you to to give people an idea of what is it that you do um, and why do you do it? So, yeah, I have this bleeding heart and vision for what's possible in the world. And it's interesting because I've had it my whole life. You know, it's been there my whole life. I've always questioned, like, why do we do this? And why do people say things like that? And why do they treat themselves like this? And 
you know, I, I've always had this vision of what is actually possible when we get with our wounded pieces and our parts and our triggers and our ruptures and we begin to heal them. Now, in addition to that, I also went through a really gnarly personal development um, journey starting from an eating disorder that I, I dealt with from 18 to 23. I had chronic anxiety. I was addicted to exercise. I was a bikini competitor only to mask the fact that I had severe body image issues. So I had the whole, the whole thing. And what was interesting was as I was going through this darkness and this part of my life where I viewed the world through a lot of fear and anxiety and disconnection and just really not in my body whatsoever. I knew better, but I didn't feel better. So I knew all the things. I I, I was really fortunate to grow up in a family where um, my dad and my mom were super into personal development. So I would be 12 years old and my dad would be playing Tony Robbins tapes. So I knew all the things and, you know, read all the books and my, my parents would always talk about personal development and talk about these sorts of things, but it's so different. Like you can know all of the things, you can read all the books, go to all the seminars, listen to all the information. But if that information is not integrated in our, in our body, then it's as, it's good as dirt, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I was going through this, this period of my life where I'm like, I know all the things, but nothing's changing. I still feel chronically anxious. I still feel in a battle with myself, in a battle with food and my body and the rest of it. So I ended up after trying so many different things like talk therapy and Reiki and, you know, just general therapy and um, all these different sorts of things, nothing was really moving the needle. Like nothing was, I I didn't feel like I was changing. And so I was reading the book, Eat, Pray, Love. And there was that part where she talks about going to Bali and works with that energy healer. And so I'm like... I'm going to go do that. (laughs) And so I went to Bali and I found that guy and, you know, one thing led to the next. He poked me with some sticks and he was like, you think too much, like you need to calm down. And I was like, ah. And so I, he, he suggested that I meditate. And this was at a time where I, I really hated meditation because I hated being in my body and meditation requires you to be in your body. And so I would sit there and try and meditate and I'd be just so uncomfortable, you know? So anyway, I go to the studio to try and do this meditation class because this dude tells me to. I miss the meditation class. I find this breathwork class and I, I, at first I judged it. I was like, breathwork, like that's just breathing. Like I don't need to do that. And plus the class was three hours. I'm like, what the, what is going to happen for three hours as I'm breathing? This is insane. And anyways, I get up to this class and he starts teaching this breath pattern. And within minutes, I can feel this activation in my body. I can feel myself reignite with energy. And this was at a time, mind you, when I only felt numbness and anxiety. And so through the breath, I was able to activate all of these other different emotions and sensations. And I'm like, dang, why does the world not know that we can do this? It's just so crazy. Like if, if everyone knew their true power and what's possible and, and the states that they can feel through simply just their breath, we wouldn't be struggling and dealing with so much of the stuff that we struggle and deal with. Mm-hmm. So I healed my eating disorder through breath work. Then I began to integrate breathwork into my retreat. My first company was called Hungry for Happiness based on my journey with food. And then now I'm 
I'm, it was just so clear in my body, like breath work is, needs to be the thing. And it dropped in very clearly years ago, about four or five years ago, dropped in so clearly of like, this is the thing that you need to do right now. And then the name dropped in right after it's like, it's called pause breath work. And then the curriculum just was channeled through me uh, at warp speed. And here we are. (laughs) So it's really beautiful. You know, it's beautiful to, to train people and to, you know, you are a perfect example of the, of, of what I want to continue to do for the next 30 years, you know, extract the, really support people in extracting the leader within them so they can find their voice, their energy, their gifts. And so they can share it with the world. Mm. Mm. So good. It's crazy that it's like, you're having this indelible impact and leaving this incredible legacy simply because you committed to healing yourself and you recognize that you were in need of something and just hearing you tell your story it reminds me so much of mine like I didn't go to Bali I went to Maui (laughs) and that's where I was uh introduced all this which is funny because like you I was not looking for breath work it was not something I was like on a mission to go it wasn't like I was going on a plant medicine trip and I was like I'm potentially gonna go do ayahuasca or something like that it found me at the right time when I needed it. And it's funny, Stephanos, Stephanos, who, if you, I mean, you might know him, um, if you know Christine Hassler, they're, it's Christine's partner. He was on the show last week and Stephanos was the first person to facilitate for me uh, in Maui. And so it was in that experience that I had this awareness that, oh shit, I have power I have not accessed ever. And, um, what is this? And it was like, all of a sudden this light came on that I couldn't turn off any anymore that it's like, I can't unknow this, that, that I can feel this way or that I can shift my energy in this way, or that I can access this, this thing that I didn't have words for at the time. Um, and so it made me hungry. It made me curious. It made me just need to, to dive in and know more. And to your point about, uh, your journey taking you from doing therapy and Reiki ultimately into the somatic work or the breath work, which means body first, that soma being body. Talk about your experience with why getting into the body and moving uh, our internal state of being and the energy, stagnant energy that's in the body is so important and why mindset work is not enough. Because I think there's so many people in that listen to the show and in the personal development world in general that are so mindset heavy. And, and I do a lot of mindset work with my clients. It's a piece of it. But like you, I found I needed more that I had a lot of awareness, but I wasn't shifting. There wasn't change coming as a result. So it led to a lot of frustration. Yeah. You know, Tori, I think mindset work needs to be the gateway drug to this. You know what I mean? I feel like because we're such heady people and and we view the world through structures and through this or that or up or down or whatever it is, we almost need to have those maps or that awareness that we can change and we can see things differently. But that's not where the work is. That's just the awareness and the structures and the the map that goes, okay, we're here and we're going to go all the way to here. The body, 
the, the, the protectors, the beliefs in the mind are so strong that it's hard to penetrate into the body without going through the mind. Mm -hmm. So the mind is a great place to start, but we can't stay there. You know, we can't stay there because then again, we're going to get into the situation that, that I was in and, 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 and maybe you were in and, and many, many of uh, the listeners are in. It's like, well, we have all of this information, but how do we actually shift and, and integrate it and embody it? And it requires us to really titrate and slowly begin to refeel because the majority of the world is operating from a place of numbness, like just complete numbness. We're, 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 we're processing information through the mind. We're making decisions through the mind. We're judging through the mind. We're viewing ourselves through the mind. And it's creating this like very narrow aperture of, of, of what's, what's actually possible. It's only showing us like 3% of, of reality. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once we begin to take that information and go, okay, I know the concept of accepting myself. I know it. I can, I can, I can conceptually get with that. Now, what does that actually feel like? How can I tune into a piece of me? Maybe it's my worthiness wound. Maybe it's the part of me that doesn't feel good enough. And how can I just really begin to feel that? Maybe it's a contraction in your solar plexus or, a, or a, a, like a contraction in your heart, a little bit of heartbreak. And how can I just be in stillness accepting the fact that this contraction is here and it's attached to a story that says, I don't feel good enough. And that can be day one. And, you know, day one can last a year. It, the, the whole thing with embodiment work is, is it's on its own timeline. And so the ego is like, let's just get through this. Let's go. Let's heal. Come on. And, and oftentimes the body has a completely different timeline and it's oftentimes much slower. We have to be slower. We have to be more sacred. We have to really allow things to downregulate so that we can really get with these pieces that are, that are calling for our attention. And so slowly but surely over time, we're going to take what we know and we're going to integrate it on our emotional bodies and our spiritual bodies. And that's when the work really begins. You know, mindset work in and of itself is not sustainable. I think many people have gone through a, uh, you know, a high energy seminar and like, I'm going to change my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then two weeks later, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm still sitting on the couch eating bonbons thinking that I'm a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> and it's because we don't get with the body and really restructure and heal and integrate these pieces that, that we've been at war with. Yeah, because it's like we don't even the way that we view ourselves is from this limited perspective. We think we are those thoughts and we think we are, you know, that experience or that reaction or that, that pattern that we're in. And that's how I lived. I was in a unconscious state of survival so often. So all the time. And what breath did to me, did for me was give me a deeper visceral awareness, a body awareness. Cause I had a lot of mental awareness of my issues, but I couldn't name how I was feeling because to your point, I was numb in a lot of ways. Somebody asked me how I feel. I would say upset or not good, but I couldn't name the emotion that I was experiencing until I started to, um, do breath work and conscious movement and work with my body. And it was like, how can we begin to declutter 
and get down to the root of the truth of who we are so that we don't keep seeing ourselves and the world and the people in our lives through the filter of thinking and relating to each other like we are those patterns Mm -hmm. all the time. Yes, yes. And that's the most important thing that we all need to get with right now is the difference between our soul and our beingness and the patterns that we run or the beliefs that we have or the things that we think, because that is all malleable. That changes all the time. Our beliefs always change. Our patterns change. Our everything is so malleable and shiftable there. But the beingness and the soul is ever present, always steady and here. And the consciousness that we're messing with right now is our egos are fighting each other based on left, right, um, up, down, whatever it is. And, and, you know, mask, unmask or whatever the current, you know, hot topic is. Mm -hmm. And so we're viewing each other through those lenses of like, oh, you believe this. Therefore, I can't hang out with you. You can't stay with us. And that level of consciousness is just it's, it's got to go and we're moving through it right now. And the, 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 the interesting thing that I'm seeing is when someone decides to go on the personal development journey, they're sort of climbing up this hill and it's like, oh, this hill sucks. And I, am I, am I even doing anything? And I, am I there yet? And what's going on? And we're having like breakdowns, but then breakthroughs. Then we hit this spot where we're like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when it happens on an individual level, it's manageable. But when the whole world is going through it simultaneously and and, and most people are not volunteering to go through it, it's being pressed upon them. It is throwing us into survival strategies. It is throwing us into fear and uncertainty and all the rest of it. And so the world is having like this unearthing of what was, but they didn't choose it. So people are freaking out. Mm -hmm. And so... This is a good thing, though. We need to go through this. We need to have this. We need to purge all of this. What has been is no longer going to work. And where we're going and the consciousness that we all get to evolve into, we can't have people not connecting because of a difference of beliefs. That's crazy. You know, the world that we're creating and the new earth that is being birthed is about people connecting through their souls, through their hearts, through their beingness. And the belief systems or opinions are so are going to be so low on the priority list that no one's going to give a fuck. <laughs> but we got to trudge through this muck and this mud in order to get there. And that's what we're going through right now. And so many people can look at this and go, oh my God, the world is ending. It's a hot mess. And I'm looking at it being like, yeah, this is great. Because look, mm-hmm. think of it like you went through pause. Yeah. You all, you went through this, right? It's like going through the, going through the whole thing of like the shedding and the going in and asking, asking yourself the hard questions and really getting with the who am I and really dropping the how do I do fill in the blank. And that is ultimately what is going on right now. And mm-hmm. people are freaking out. Yeah. I mean, ultimately yeah. there is. I think we're all in survival because we're afraid to die. And we think COVID is the thing that's like threatening our survival, but it's like, part of me had to die in order to be reborn in and to reconnect with the truth of who I am. Like the stories that I had been living in and the condition I had been living in had to fall away so that I could uh, sense the truth of who I am and that could be revealed. And so there is like a shedding and a death that's happening right now simultaneously as this new beautiful thing is being birthed. And we're, I think we're living in that tension every single day in our families, in our communities, uh, in our workplaces. And how can we as 
as anybody that's listening to the show is doing so because they're consciously either working on themselves or what they're doing isn't working and they're wanting to know how how to do start the work so regardless of where you are on that mountaintop that you're kind of or that mountain ascension journey uh there's all different levels of, of fear um, that we experience. I think what happens is we learn to manage it and relate to it differently. So how can we use breath to manage or release our fear or our stress or the overwhelm that we might be feeling um, as well as the energy that we experience like or that we're taking on? How do we know what's ours, what's not? Yeah. Breath gives spaciousness inside of our bodies so we can discern what's real and what isn't. And when we are lacking breath, we contract to the sensation. So if we are experiencing a sensation of fear in our solar plexus. Okay. So I'm gonna give you an example. Last night, I hate going to bed in my house without Eric because I get so scared. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like someone's gonna break in I don't know what's Mm -hmm. happening I'm like I hate being in this big house all by myself like every little noise I'm like I'm dying right and so I was experiencing this fear in my solar plexus and I felt myself like sink into this fear and become it and then the, the more I sunk into it and identified with it the louder my thoughts became so the thoughts and the stories went on a ride. I'm like, I'm going to die. What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Like I started to, to really go down that path. And then I paused and I took a breath and another and another and another. And I realized that the sensations are very real, but the story is not true. And so what I got to do in that moment is I got to, I got to disconnect from being in the fear and viewing the world and viewing the situation from the fear. And I got to use breath to create spaciousness in in my body where I could view the contraction of my solar plexus from a different vantage point, right? My heart or my clear mind. And what that did is it helped release the stories and realize, oh, I'm just creating these stories because I'm just afraid of dying. You know, Mm -hmm. like to your point, it's like the reason we ask, how do I do this? Or how do I do this? Or how, how, how is because of death all the time. You know, it's like, well, how do, how do I make this happen? And if I don't make this happen, then I'm not going to be loved. And if I'm not loved, then I'm going to be ostracized. And if I'm ostracized, then I'm going to die. Like it all comes back to that. And so when we can use breath, we can really discern the difference between what is, what is real and what is true and how can I get with the feeling, feel it, but not become it. And so as we navigate our way through life, it's about finding a different resting position that's a that's real, right? I, I often refer to this as our central channel, the beam of energy that runs from the top of our head all the way down our chakras into the root. And it is our unmovable, unwavering 
you know, some people call this alignment that is so steady. This is, this is the portal of our vibration and emotion runs around that portal, around that beam. And oftentimes people will say like, like no bad vibes or like my vibration is creating everything. And that means if I'm sad, I'm not creating, it's like, no, that's not true. Like emotion is, is there's a fluidity to it. It's always changing. It's always moving, but the frequency in which we, we maintain and build is it just keeps building. It doesn't, you can't go back. And the way that we create a, uh, a higher vibration a higher frequency of our resting position is through doing the inner work, is through doing our breath work, our meditation, healing the parts of us that are have been frozen in time based on trauma from our past, integrating all of these pieces so that we become more empty. You know, we're just so emotionally constipated these days that the littlest little thing can spin us into uh, like a, um, a chaotic freak out because we don't have the spaciousness to hold the mm-hmm. vibration that's in our body. So we just lose our shit. And so when we can learn techniques that empty out our bodies, empty out these um, these pockets of suppressed energy, we create more spaciousness for life to flow through us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling because it's like, before breath work, before finding breath work, I felt so, you use the word constipated, I would say um, heavy. I felt dense. I felt, um, I felt cluttered. I couldn't decipher and distinguish what's, um, again, how I felt, or I would be thinking I had clarity and then something would happen all of a sudden I don't have clarity. And now I'm going back and forth and talking myself in and out of situations and in decisions because my experience of, of that, um, lack of spaciousness in my own body started really early. And I think I, I describe this as like, there's a storm that comes through life. And when, a storm comes through, maybe your parents got divorced or maybe like you got your heart broken or whatever it was, it like leaves behind debris. And I lived, uh, I lived through an F4 tornado where we actually had to pick up. But after time, after you live through a storm, like you get out and you pick up and you clean up what's left over. And on an emotional level and an energetic level, we're not taught that as kids. How do you start to pick up and clear out what's left after an argument or a conflict or a, a situation like that? And so instead, it's, it doesn't get cleared away. It stays there. And then inevitably, another storm comes through. And and then it just, this debris gets stacked on top of each other. And I, I feel genuinely that there's so many people walking through life that feel like I can't even I can't breathe because I can't even see over the top of the stuff that is like filling me up. And I'm carrying things that happened to me when I was a long, 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 long time ago. And that's how I felt. And then when I, I collided with my breath, it was the first thing that gave me a shovel. Like my breath put a shovel in my hand and said, Hey, this is how you get the stuff out. And then there was all this space and I could, for the first time, feel my heart again. And I'm like, oh, that's underneath there. Yeah. 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 And that energy is infinite. 
that energy is infinite. It's, it's always accessible and it's so quick, you know? And I think that's one of my favorite things about it. It's like with so many other practices, meditation, Reiki, talk therapy, whatever else people are doing these Mm -hmm. days. It's like, it's like there's, there's sometimes a question mark of did this work? Am I transformed? Am I changed? And with breathwork, there is no question. Mm -hmm. It's immediate because we're shifting the body through the experience. We're giving, we're giving that individual a visceral experience of lightness, of ease. And that is so insanely powerful. Mm -hmm. So insanely powerful. I, I taught breathwork at a maximum security prison a little while ago. And it was, you know, men in prison who were in there for life and we were going through some breath work. And at the end, this one guy came up to me, tattoos all over his face. And he was like, I felt my heart for the first time. Mm. And I was like, whoa. And he was Mm -hmm. like, if I knew how to do this 20 years ago, I wouldn't be here right now. And I was like, dang, like that's that's what we got to do, you know? Yeah. And so when I tune into my vision of like what's po- what's possible, I want every every person to know that this is possible. Yeah. It's so possible for you to downregulate your nervous system, open up your heart, clear your mind, get back in alignment and know exactly what's right for you. <laughs> you know, I always invite people to, to remove, I don't know, from your vocabulary because you do, you do, you do know, you do know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um... Growing up, not everyone had A-plus parents, right? And so maybe your caretaker told you, like, what do you know? Or your opinion doesn't matter. Or don't say that. Or whatever it is. And we've taken this on as truth and we haven't healed it as adults. And so we still are operating under these structures that someone else told us. And so my philosophy of personal development is less about learning and growing and trying to figure out who we are, but it's just an unlearning process of releasing everything that we have taken on as truth in this life. That's absolutely not true. Yeah. That blocks us and mutes that that internal that connection that's exactly how I felt and when you were telling that story about uh the prison that brought tears to my eyes because I that could have been me you know that could have that could be any of us if we're that disconnected from our heart and from our truth like I'm not beyond making stupid decisions out of fear you know because I feel like my life is, you know, I'm at war all the time. And that's how I felt. And then all of a sudden there was access to who I was. And it was like this, it was a remembering. It was like a coming home and a reunion with myself. And I, I, I hear this of people at all different ages. Cause I, I mean, people in this community, start working with me at 25 and I've served people at 70. It doesn't matter. And I was just talking to somebody. She was like, I think, I feel like I'm trying to figure out who I am at 36. And I was like, it doesn't matter when, because, but it will like, there's a settling where it's like, oh, I'm home. Oh, I'm back in my body. And actually this is not a place I have to escape. This is like the safest place I can be. Totally. Totally. And when people feel that felt sense of home, 
there's the, the chasing and the grasping and the clinging releases. If you think about why we do everything that we do, why do people want to make a shitload of money? It's because they think that when they do, they'll feel safe They'll feel loved. They'll feel content, right? Why do people want to get in certain relationships? Well, they'll all feel protected. All, all these things, right? And so when we strip it back to the true intent and the true nature, all of those sensations and vibrations are achievable and just infinitely available within our bodies. And so when we get to that place of home and we allow our alignment to be our resting position, we stop reaching for things to fulfill that. And so life becomes this beautiful exploration of how can I enhance this experience, not operate out of lack because I'm, I'm, I'm deficient in something. And then we just make better choices. Like I, I remember when I questioned my worth constantly and I was living in a place of lack and scarcity and viewed the world as a scary place. Like I would go out of my way to do things to meet needs because I didn't realize I can meet them within myself. And this is what breathwork brings us back to is this, this absolute certainty of I am loved. There is peace in my body. I am infinitely, um, like, the word I want to use is like magnetic. Like I do have this radiance. There is all of this in here and it's exactly what I think I'm going to get through all of these things. So let's release the chaos and the striving and the operating out of lack and let's just remember, you know, we've been drinking from this well of forgetfulness our entire life. And so when we do breath work and we access and we glimpse our true nature, we remember like, oh, right, this is who I am. I just forgot. <laughs> I mm-hmm. forgot for 30 years or I forgot for 70 years. Who, who cares when we start? start this, you know, it's never, yeah. it's never too late to discover who we truly are. Mm, it's, ugh, it's the single best thing I think I've ever done for myself. And again, it wasn't intentional. It, it found me at the right time. I stumbled into it. Um, but I feel like when you begin to put an intention out there of saying, Hey, enough is enough. I, I need like ask the universe, ask God, ask whatever it is that you identify with. Like, send me help. You know, I love Marianne Williamson, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. She said uh, in her book, we ask God, please send help. And God says, I sent you. Um, (laughs) Dude, it's so true. You know, it's so, so, so true. It's like we just have to look creatively at obstacles. Um, There's this really great book by Ryan Holiday. I love Ryan. Shout out to him. But he has this book called The Obstacles the Way. Mm -hmm. And it's really about understanding like we are the medicine to these obstacles. Like we get to use these obstacles to strengthen us. And and like the quality that we bring to these things transforms what they are. And that's how we that's how we change. You know, it's like I, I decided to adapt a belief probably around seven years ago that went something like this. Everything's happening to me or have everything's happening for me in perfect timing, like no matter what it is, no matter what it is. And it's just something beautiful to rest into knowing that every obstacle, every pebble, every boulder, literally, you know, getting Mm -hmm. destroyed on Instagram for telling a joke. Oh, even that is happening Mm -hmm. for me to strengthen me, to allow me to see things in a new way, to allow me to learn, transcend, grow, become more of who I am. And so when we can view these things as as neutral, not good or bad, but all for the greater good of our ascension, life just becomes a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're not as 
obviously because you're working to heal, you're healing the wounds that would have otherwise been triggered by that comment, right? And so we're not as activated and we don't take things as personally and, and we allow it to be there and we're like, ah, dang, they really didn't see me. Like they're really seeing me through a filter for a, through a lens that is real, re- really real for them, but it doesn't um, disconnect me. I don't have to fall into that their narrative of me. I don't become who they think I am simply because that's the way that they see life. And, and it's so empowering to be able to stand in your sovereignty and in your truth and allow everything else around you to be what it is, but it doesn't have to change you, you know, and that is, I think the thing that we're all really searching for is how is, is the, the groundedness, the certainty, the center of of I, this is who I am and I don't have to become who you need me to be, or I don't, uh, I'm not any less worthy or lovable, or I'm not wrong because you can't, uh, you don't perceive me that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. A hundred percent. And just a knowingness of who we are helps with any projections that come at us. You know, mm-hmm. no one has a right to tell me who I am. I know exactly who I am. And that's it. End of story. (laughs) Non-negotiable. So if you perceive my actions and you make a a hit of my character or you take what I say and you can contort it through your lens and your view of the world and then throw it back and you make a decision about who I am, it's like, that's your story. That's Mm -hmm. your projection. And it's cool because we can do this in other ways too. You know, it's like we're all human. So if I am judging something or like looking at something in a, in a way that feels like, Ugh. I'm like, all right, Sam, how is this actually just about you? Mm-hmm. And what is this person saying, doing, exemplifying that, that is requiring you to meet a part of you that you've not met yet? Yep. You know, it's like when people tell you who you are, it says way more about them than it does you. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I get this. I get this. Yep. Exactly. It really does. And I think I've, my experience has been that I, as I've grown, it's been become easier to, um, not take projections of people, especially online and people that I'm not super close to less personally, but the work has become more around how do I really, really work on those intimate relationships? Because I, those are the people that I want to please, or those are the people that I really want to see me or get me or, or whatever. And that was a deeper level of healing. Um, I think that's still available at times. It's like, Hmm, how are the people that I'm closest to? Do I still feel, um, this, this pull and this desire for them to like, see me the way I see me. And if you don't like, I've done it wrong or I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, I used to have this fear of being misunderstood. So I remember Mm -hmm. I was in like, um, I don't know, I guess I was in, I was 14. So very vulnerable age for a 14 year old girl, right? When you're trying to discover who you are and whatever it is. And so I was a dancer growing up. I was a dancer for many, many, many years. And I remember I got to school one day and there was a rumor going around that I was a stripper. 
<laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? A 14-year-old stripper. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to school and I was like, wait, what? No. What is going on? Like, I am not a stripper. I'm a dancer. What, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and I felt the pain of being misunderstood. Like, here I am following my my passion and my dream and doing this and, and expressing and performing and doing all these crazy, amazing things. And uh, and, and, and everyone thinks I'm a stripper, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, the pain of being misunderstood is really real. And it requires us to really know ourselves. So their projections don't hit. Mm -hmm. So last week when I got a little bit of heat on Instagram, I got so many phone calls from like really amazing people in my life. Like, are you okay? Is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like I know who I am. People can misunderstand me, but I know who the fuck I am and I know where my intentions come from and I know where my heart is. And sometimes my intentions, you know, intention and impact is is sometimes hard to hard to manage when we are expressing ourselves and speaking our truth and all of that kind of stuff. But no one can tell me who I am. And I think I learned that from being called a stripper at 14 years old. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like because showing up and authentically um with an authentic expression whether that's in dance and movement or joking and comedy or creating something on social media or starting a podcast we all you know there's for a lot of us that fear of either being misunderstood or judged or what have you and i think especially at the beginning of of personal development you really working on this fear of what are other people going to think of me is it's really common but i think the reason that stings so bad is cuz it's like this authentic expression and it's there's vulnerability in that and it's not when it's not held and it's not received the way we want it it i think for a lot of us that's when the self protection starts to develop it's like oh they didn't get me so it's like oh they don't see my heart behind why I do this. And so now I should never do that again. And so we stop doing the thing that is authentic for us. And it's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing. And, you know, I got so many messages last week being like, never stop being you. And I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> I've been here before. Like, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, but, but 10 years ago, I would have stopped in my tracks if that happened. Because I didn't have the 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 confidence, I didn't have the awareness, I didn't have like the inner strength and the, and the knowingness of of who I am, mm -hmm. and and what my character is all about and what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. And so when when our sense of self isn't solid, it is so easy to take on the truths of other people about who we are, mm -hmm. and that's how we conform and configure to the belief systems of everybody else is when we don't have a solid sense of self because configuration through words or or energetic projections is a real thing and and we can we can positively configure and we can negatively configure right if if i was to if i was to say nothing to you tori but all i did was shine my belief on you of painting you in light seeing you in your highest um, envisioning you fulfilling all of your dreams and hopes and all of all the things you would configure to my energetic projection of you, mm -hmm. right? Even mm -hmm. if I didn't say anything, 
And same thing if I did the opposite, not that I would ever do that, but if I did the opposite, you would configure right. to that. And that's that's what happens in, in childhood, right? We configure to, to the projections of our caretakers I'll verbally or energetically. You, yeah, I'll become yes. who you think I am or who you need me to be. Totally, totally. So what, what, what that does to the system is it loses our ability to create our sense of self. And when we lose our ability to create our sense of self and we don't reclaim that as adults, we will constantly configure to fucking strangers on the internet Mm -hmm. (laughs) becky in oklahoma you know saying that that this that and the other okay i'm gonna configure to becky's projection because i don't have strong enough projections or i don't have a strong enough sense of self and so this is the danger that we get into especially on the internet Yes, ma'am. And that is, I think, what's so powerful for those who are listening and they're like, I, I want to work on strengthening that sense of self. I, w- I desire to be immovable in that, that I just, I'm so assured that, of who I am that no matter what's happening around me or what what's changing or what people think, like... I'm good. I'm good. That my my level of of happiness or or whatever is not dependent on my circumstances, but despite it, because it's coming from a deeper place. That is what I received, I think, in the first part of the work in pause. Um, and again, for those who are are new and haven't heard me talk about it, pause is the the six month, seven month, uh, breathwork facilitator program that I went through to be able to integrate this work into the work that I do with my clients now. And the first part of that is really your own embodiment. And I think that's the thing that allows me to stand in a position of power now as a coach. And what I look for in other coaches when I hire them is like, are you practicing what you teach? Like, are you embodying the work or is it just something that you talk about and in pause you can't get out of that like there's no way around it (laughs) there's no way around it Mm -mm. and I have this framework that I use I don't think I developed it when you went through it but it was the five stages of a healer it goes from the hectic healer Mm -hmm. to the masterful healer and people will say why is pause six months long. It's like so much more intense than any other certification on the market. I'm like, cause I'm not interested in developing mediocre facilitators. I'm only interested in developing masterful facilitators because when I give you not only the tools, the frameworks and the how to of teaching breathwork, but the embodiment, that person's going to graduate and they're going to go off and do big things like you have. Right. Mm-hmm. If I shipped you out without the embodiment skills and you had all like the mental, you'd be like, I don't have the confidence to do this. I don't, I, I'm not going to do it. And then you well, just continue, what, you know, be a waste of time. And that's the imposter that comes in. It's like, oh, like um, where you're not really coming from that embodied place and the imposter syndrome takes over. My experience of that is always when I'm not practicing the work. Yes, 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 yes. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of coaches are right now. You know, there's 130 coaches in America. I was, 130,000. Like, girl, just I know 130 of them. <laughs> 130,000, you know, and and you know, I I would I would I would guess maybe maybe 
four or 5% of them are actually embodied in what they do. And, you know, I, I went through a coaching certification and earlier on in my career and there was nothing about embodiment. You know, I was like, here, this is all the things that you need to do and say, and this is blah, blah, blah. But there's, there was nothing even energetic about it. It was like, this is how you hold, or there was nothing even like, this is how you hold space. So I basically, you know, regurgitated what I learned in the school. And then I was like, this is no, this doesn't feel good. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like not excited to show up and because your clients aren't getting results and you kind of feel like I'm just repeating something that somebody else said and I'm hoping that somebody has an amazing transformation. And I think the, the thing that I get asked so much is like, how did you start to be a coach? How, how, like what programs did you go through? They want to know how to become and like get certain results that they think they see in me. And I said, you know, I've built my business on healing myself. <laughs> like, Dude, that's it. That's, that's all it. it that's it. And you're just taking people along for the ride. <laughs> yes. And as yeah. I put tools in my tool belt, then I teach them. And that's why I went through breathwork. Cause it was like, oh, there's a new tool that I didn't know about. It's like the newest thing on the market. And I was like, oh, but is it is it useful? Like, is, does it have a use case? And is it actually doing something for me that something else that I already use isn't doing? And Breathwork did. And then it was like, that's why I'm going to teach it. And so for the people that are listening that are like, I'm a teacher, I'm a therapist, I'm a coach, um, you're interested in what does everybody say when they think about their purpose? I want to help people. Like if you're one of those, those people, it's like, I want to help people for a living. I can't think of a better way to help people than through breath work. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It, it amplifies everything else that we're doing, you know, yeah. like your program is amplified because you're giving people a tool to bring them back to themselves along with everything else that you teach in coachable university, you know, it's like, it's helping people like unlock, unleash, like get out there. And we, you know, it's like the reason why you create amazing transformations from your clients is because they are receiving the information at the level that you are delivering it. So if you are delivering just the mind, they're going to receive it from the mind and nothing's going to be done, but you, because you are embodied, you're teaching it from that place. So that it's, it's a, it's really more of a transmission Mm -hmm. than it is a, uh, like a, uh, transaction of, of the mind, which that is, that is what transforms people. And that is where the industry is going. You know, like I said earlier, mindset work is the gateway drug. We got to start there because we need the maps. We need the, we need the, what even is this? Right. So the yeah. logical mind can kind of settle, but then it requires us to go to that next layer, which is embodiment, somatic work, soma, body, body-based mm-hmm. transformation, often called the, like the bottom up approach. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyone who is, is, currently helping people or aspiring to help people. This is where the industry is going. Yeah. Jump on. Yeah. I mean, and I'm proof that there's a, there's a need. There's enough to go around. Like the people that work with Sam, there's still so many other people that need that work. So if that's you, Sam and I are, are getting ready to do a little webinar coming up. And um, when this releases, it'll be right before that. So Sam, do you want to talk about what we're going to be doing so that those who are like, I want to come and experience a little of this, or I want to learn more about what you're talking about, that they have the opportunity to, to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So for those for those of you who have followed Tori's journey, you've seen what she's done, the incredible work that she's doing, and you're like, you know what? I just know I want to do this work in the world. I just know I want to become a facilitator. 
pausebreathwork.com slash Tori head there. Um, for those of you who have seen Tori's journey, you're listening to this conversation and you're like, I'm super interested. I just want to learn more. We're going to put on this epic information night for you guys, this masterclass where not only will we walk you through a breathwork experience, we'll talk to you about what it would look like for you to become a breathwork facilitator. This program's for one of two people. Number one, you are an aspiring healer. You know, you've said the thing, I just want to help people. I just want to do this work in the world. But you haven't found that right vehicle in order to do it. Um, or as we mentioned, you are already helping people. You are a coach, a therapist, a teacher, um, personal trainer, wellness coach, whatever it is. And you want deeper transformations for your clients. You want to take them out of the mind into the body and really create that visceral change. So we are doing a class all on that and the link to register, I'm sure will be in the show notes. <laughs> yes, it will be. And we're super, super excited for it. Um, so be on the lookout. If you want to join us, it's going to be all over our social medias. Um, and that's coming up just in the next couple weeks. So um, make sure you go to the show notes now and subscribe to join us and then follow Sam and her journey and everything that she's doing um, because it's incredible. And, uh, you know, I don't always talk about all of the, the, the mentors and the teachers that I have. There's certain ones that, you know, are just for me, but you, I'm like, please, you guys go, go get filled up. Um, cause she's amazing and she'll make you laugh too. So she has a lot of fun on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, how can people stay in touch with you best? I know they said, you said the website, but you also have a podcast, some Skelly show, and then how can they follow you on social? Yeah. So pausebreathwork.com, samanthaskelly.com, at Samantha Skelly is my handle and then tuning into the Sam Skelly show. That's, that's all the places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation and super, super excited for uh, our upcoming masterclass. You guys make sure you register and reach out to us, tag a, tag a friend. If you know somebody else who might be into this work or interested in learning more about just how to release stress and anxiety naturally, because I promise you it's the quickest, best, most powerful thing that you can do um, that has helped me to get to a place where I don't have to be on my anti-anxiety, anti-depression drugs, all of that stuff. Like we need uh, to tap into the power that, that we have within us. And, and this is the way to do it. So I love you guys. Tag us, screenshot this, make sure you let us know what you took away. And we hope to see you uh, just in a couple days in our upcoming Pause Experience Masterclass. I love you. Till next time, go be coachable.